Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. I want to say a big thank you to our worship leaders today, um, Rico Hoveka, who usually is up here leading sometimes with them, uh, is sick. Uh, he and his wife both are sick with COVID, and uh, anyway, we need to be praying for them. Uh, but thank you so much, uh, uh, Mike and Tia, for, for leading this morning. Appreciate it very, very much. Uh, hey, uh, I don't know if you've uh, tried to buy paper lately. Have you, have you tried to buy A4 paper lately? Uh, it's almost impossible to find in this city. Uh, if, you're, if you run an office or you're an educator or whatever, you need paper. And um, I, I was at uh, Walton's uh, just the other day trying to buy paper, and uh, there was no paper. And um, they informed me that um, uh, they would have paper in August <laughs> of this year. And uh, I thought I didn't hear them correctly, and I said, you only have paper in August? He said, yeah, uh, August is the next time we'll have paper. I was going, wow, what? <laughs> Pray tell, what is the reason for this shortage of paper? Uh, paper is the thing we just count on. And uh, he explained to me that because of the riots that were, were uh, held in, uh, in Durban, South Africa, that uh, the paper mill, the paper uh, factory was, was totally destroyed and they're rebuilding this, this factory. So uh, paper in Namibia, by the way, will only be here uh, for a lot of companies only in August uh, because they're rebuilding that particular factory. I suggested to Waltons that they maybe seek another source uh, of, of finding paper instead of waiting for the Durban factory to be rebuilt. It reminded me, though, of, of where we're sitting in, this idea of, uh, what, you know, the long-term impact of a riot, the, the long-term impact of violence and destruction, uh, that there's this moment of fame when the riot is happening, this moment of, yeah, we're changing the world and it lasts a couple of days. And, but then there's this long-term impact of destroying uh, so many people's lives. Now, uh, you might think that not having paper is not the end of the world. It, it really is not the end of the world. But it's impacted so many businesses. You know, there's this huge, and it wasn't just the paper that's not being produced. It's jobs that have been lost in Durban because of this, you know, a few moments of writing, a few moments of fame. And, you know, that, that, you know, your day in the sun and all of a sudden you don't have work. Um, it just seems ridiculous that you would, uh, this would be your choice, that to have this moment of, of excitement, this moment of, of fame, and then lose uh, the rest of your life, as it were. This is the problem we have, though, isn't it? As people, uh, we make choices to, to have satisfaction now, you know, get a little now, and then miss out on the abundance later. Isn't that our problem? We do this often. We try to get this moment of fame and this moment of excitement now, a, a little bit now, but we miss out on the abundance later. Uh, scripture actually uh, makes, uh, teaches about this and helps us to understand uh, that we should actually be working towards the, the, the long-term reward, the abundant reward that we can have only through Jesus Christ and, and operating and functioning through, through His ways and only His ways. I have a text for you this morning, uh, Matthew 6, uh, verses 1 through 20. I'm going to start with verse 1. It says this, Watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. If you take Matthew 6, 1 through 20, it's this whole uh, explanation of, of why you should 
you should do you should follow God's ways and operate in God's ways so that you get the ultimate reward that only God can give you. Uh, let me read you this a few other passages Matthew 6 uh, verses um, uh, verse 5. Uh, so in in verse 1 he's talking about uh, don't let people see your good deeds that you'll you'll lose God's reward. So the the idea of actually doing good for others the other uh, concept here is the idea of praying and how we pray. So verse 5, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on, on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. And then, and then uh, later, later in Matthew 6, uh, verse 16, he says this, when you, and when you fast. And by the way, these are the words of Jesus. This is Jesus' actual words that he's speaking here. And when you fast, don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they like to look miserable and disheveled, so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, this is the only reward they will ever get. Jesus is saying here, look, uh, when you give, uh, don't do it so everyone can see that you're giving. When you pray, don't pray in such a way that everyone you know, listens to your beautiful, wonderful prayers. Uh, when you fast, don't, don't let everyone know that you're fasting because that's the only attention and reward that you will get is that. You will get reward, but it'll only be short, small, and here. Jesus is encouraging his listeners to work for the reward that actually is abundant, that will last. This is the idea. We live in a world uh, consistently that lives for, the, for self at all times. And to get this one quick burst of fame, uh, it's interesting that uh, we live in a world today where uh, most people's greatest desire is to be famous, right? That's what they want. They want to have that moment of fame. They want to become an influencer. Um, I think this is one of the most hysterical words used for people who are in love with themselves, is that, <laughs> that instead of saying that they're self-absorbed, we call them influencers, Maybe, maybe you know some influencers. I know a few influencers, people who have taught me how to uh, uh, polish my shoes better. I don't, I don't, and uh, other types of influencers out there trying to teach me how to uh, maybe sell or buy cars more effectively. I don't know. But th these people post online, and their goal is to uh, become famous with whatever information, whatever uh, uh, skill set that they have. There's actually stuff online. I mean, I'm sure you've seen this. If you are an influencer this morning, I'm not attacking you, by the way. I hope you don't feel uh, judged in any way. You can post later and talk about how you were hurt by me. and um, that, That's not my goal this morning. I just want to point out the reality that we live in a world that is completely self-absorbed. And um, it's, it's fascinating. Our, our goal is to be as famous as possible. You might ask yourself the question this morning, when you consider this idea of whether or not you live for yourself or not, um, do you post selfies? Uh, let's ask this question. How many pictures have you taken of yourself in the last week or maybe in the last day? How many pictures did you take of yourself and post yesterday? Maybe that's the better question. How many pictures have you taken of yourself in the last week and posted? We have more people taking pictures of themselves than they take of anyone else. It's fascinating. So we've actually graduated from taking pictures of our food. That, when we first got our smartphones, we, 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 we took pictures of our food. I don't know why people feel like we, we need to see what you're eating, but uh, maybe. 
The funny thing is, is that people actually do see those pictures and enjoy seeing what you're eating. I, I don't know. We live in a bizarre world. But how many, how many pictures have you taken of yourself and posted? And, and so the question you need to ask yourself, we all need to ask ourselves in our world that we live in today, is how much of our life is, is about us in, instead of, of about seeking after God who will reward us in, in much more abundantly uh, later. We want fame now, and we miss out on the abundance of Christ later. So if you are an influencer this morning, are you an influencer for yourself, or are you an influencer for God? Do you post all your selfies so that God can be more famous, or so that you can be more famous? I would invite you, if you want to be an influencer for God, great. Use that multimedia to be an amazing influencer for the sake of God. Uh, the rewards are much greater, by the way, than doing that just for yourself. You know that you can get online now and you can learn how to become famous on TikTok? Have you seen this stuff? Uh, I, I just decided to, to look it up to see how I could become famous on TikTok. Uh, don't look for any TikTok posts from me soon. Um, but these are the few tips here. Create disruptive content. Uh, so do something that really shakes people up. Uh, identify your niche. Uh, piggyback on influencers. Try to find people who are very famous and try to tag on with them so that you can also be famous. And then invest in advertising. These, the lists are endless. Some people are posting four ways you can become famous on TikTok. Others are posting eight ways you can become famous on TikTok. I don't know if you read recently uh, of the influencer uh, uh, Sophia uh, Sheng or Shung. Have you heard of her? Uh, Y'all know her? No, some of you know her. Uh, yeah, they're denying it. Yeah, yeah. I know you know this woman. She died July the 13th, 2021, posting a selfie of herself on the edge of a cliff. What, what were you thinking? Yeah. Yeah, she, she, yeah, she's gone. If you liked her and you followed her, she's no longer with us. Um, very sad. Uh, her, her complete desire to be you know, have this perfect picture of herself at this very extreme place, killed her. And, and these stories are, are abundant. Richard uh, Jacobson, 20-year-old hiker from Arizona, died this year in January taking a picture of himself. He, he dropped uh, 700 feet uh, off of the edge of a cliff. He liked to take pictures of himself on the edge of a cliff. And uh, he slipped and fell. Uh, this one from the Philippines, a 15-year-old boy in the Philippines was critically wounded after accidentally shooting himself while taking a selfie in which his other hand was holding a gun to his chin. So he accidentally fired the gun and killed himself. According to a study published last year in October, the Journal of Travel Medicine, 379 people died after taking selfies from January 2008 to, to, to uh, July of 2021. Deaths have occurred while, uh, after people tried to snap photos near dangerous animals or in front of waterfalls and while wielding dangerous weapons. This is the world we're living in. And we call them influencers. Uh, I think Paul would call them something else. Look at 2 Timothy 3, verses 1 through 5. This is what Paul said. He's in prison because he loves Jesus. He's been imprisoned. And he's writing to Timothy, and he says this. You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love what? Only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents, and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred, 
They'll be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They'll betray their friends, be reckless, selfies, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that, Paul says. This is, this is the world we're living in, right? Matthew 6, in those passages, in reference to giving, in reference to praying, in reference to fasting, he says, don't do those things in such a way that you bring attention to yourself. Uh, the, the one thing that was done in those days, they didn't have smartphones, but if, if someone, if a Jew was about to give gifts to someone, uh, he would, <laughs> they had trumpets they would blow. It is amazing, all right? Not a smartphone, but they would blow a trumpet to announce, I'm about to give, I'm about to give alms. So they would blow their trumpet and then they would show how they were, you know, giving. So here, everyone look at me as I help this poor person on the side of the road. Incredible, amazing. When they prayed, they would go to the, the corners of streets and they would pray so that everyone could hear them. These rehearsed prayers so that everyone could, could notice how beautifully and wonderfully they prayed. Fasting, they would dishevel themselves. They would look like they had been run over by a bus, you know, and, and no buses in those days, by the way, but still. <laughs> would, would make it look like they were just suffering. You know, I'm fasting. I'm fasting for God. God said, listen, you'll get all kinds of rewards uh, in this life, but you'll miss out on the rewards that I can give you, is what he's saying here. I love what one theologian talks about in reference to this. says, you'll get the admiration of the world, but that's all you'll get. You'll, you'll get the admiration of the world. You'll get everything that can be gotten in this life, but you'll miss out completely, totally on what could be the abundance of what you could have after this life. If you pray in a, in a beautiful way, people might think that you're pious and amazing. This is a godly person. You'll gain the reputation of being an extremely devout person, but that's all you'll ever get. Fasting. You know, people might say, man, this guy can really, really discipline himself and, uh, and avoid eating. This is amazing. Wow. Admire this man's discipline. So that's about all you'll get. You'll get the admiration of people about how you are so disciplined, how you control yourself, but you'll miss out on the beauty and the rewards that only God can give. It's important in this moment in my sermon just to, just to pause for a second, and let's talk about this idea of cashing in with God, all right? Uh, some of, just that term, cashing in with God, probably is offensive to maybe half of you this morning because it's the idea that somehow we follow God to get rewards, that somehow this, we're in it for ourselves if we're trying to follow God because of the rewards that God will give us. It's an interesting thing. Um, I think a lot of believers would, would like for us to, to approach this Christian life from the perspective of that there must be good just for the sake of being good. That virtue, that virtue itself is its own reward, that the whole conception of reward must be banished from the Christian life. That, as one, as one old saint used to say, that we would wish to quench out all the fires of hell with water and to burn all of the joys of heaven with fire in, in order that men and women seek for goodness and nothing but goodness, just for the sake of goodness instead of for the rewards of, of what heaven will bring us at some point. Basically what they're saying is, is for us to be motivated by, by not going to hell 
are motivated by the beauty and wonder and rewards of heaven is to be selfish. And, and for, many, this is, for many, this is the idea that somehow you are more spiritual or you are more holy and, and pious if somehow you're not living your good works, doing your good works for the rewards that you'll receive. The problem is, is that Jesus never taught that. It's abundantly clear that Jesus did not hesitate to speak in terms of rewards and punishments. All through scripture is this teaching of Jesus saying, look, if you follow me, there is this reward that will come to you. And I would say this, it, it, it may be well that we ought to, to be careful that we don't try to be more spiritual than Jesus was. Let me say that again. Our goal is not to try to be more spiritual or holy than Jesus. Jesus is saying, if you follow me, there's a good reward. That is, that is sweeter and more abundant than the reward that you will get on this earth, that you'll have in the short term. Follow Christ to cash in big, in other words, is what Jesus Christ is saying. I invite you to consider what Christ can give to you. And also to consider this, that this is not a selfish thing. Because in Christ, the fulfillment in Christ is so abundant and so incredible, it moves you to become not self-centered, but, but others-focused. Out of the abundance of Christ, then you become a lover of others instead of full of yourself. And the invitation is to love God, actually, not to love yourself. And in loving God, there's this fulfillment of his abundance that comes in our life. Jesus would not have invited you to do a certain behavior because of the rewards that only he can give unless he was going to give you a reward. Everybody with me on this? This is a difficult thing for a lot of people. We want to be holier. The idea of doing anything for what we might gain seems to be selfish. But if the gain is from Christ, not selfish, and something that God offers us. Matthew 6, verse 3. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will do what? Will reward you. Matthew 6, verses 6 and following. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray for your Father in, for your father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this, our Father in heaven. May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins and as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. Again, if we're willing to forgive, we receive the reward of the Father who forgives us. Work for the reward that comes only through Him. Matthew 6, we keep reading. Matthew 6, verse 17. But when you fast, do what? Comb your hair. Not a problem for me. And... And wash your face, 
then no one will notice that you're fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. And I'm dipping into Ziggy's sermon. He's going to be preaching in a couple of weeks here, but these two verses, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves what? Treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and their thieves do not break in and steal. This is the idea of investing in the abundance of Christ, investing in the rewards that only Christ can give you. That's the invitation. So for you, if you're an influencer this morning all about yourself, the invitation for you is that is say to you that what you're gaining here, yes, you will gain a lot here, but the rewards that come in Christ is much greater. So, so, so serve Christ instead of serving yourself. Do your deeds for the audience of one, for God, not, not for everyone else, so that God will reward you. I am not an influencer online. I, I, I really struggle with, with, with that whole idea. Uh, I work with uh, colleagues who... Uh, missionaries and, and preachers and evangelists who post every single ministry that they do online. And uh, it, it's really for those people who support them so that people will know what they're doing. Um, I, I struggle to know where that fine line is between uh, posting a picture of me preaching. For example, like this morning, uh, there's pictures of my friends where they're preaching and they would stop, pause for a moment and take a picture of themselves and the congregation behind them and post this on Facebook. Is that for God or is that for them? I don't know. I, I trust that they're doing it for the sake of, of showing that, that God is moving and that God is working. I, I hope that's the motivation. I, I personally don't want to miss the reward that only God can give us. Uh, and, and I would invite you to also be motivated by that. As you deny yourself, which is the invitation of Christ as well, you are then walking into a world of rewards that only Christ can give you. So in denying yourself, actually, God uh, is the one who blesses you and moves you past that denial. And so that, the, so that you receive a reward. As I'm studying this, and as I was reading for this sermon this morning, I just thought to myself, okay, so most of us uh, are unable to understand what these rewards are all about. If you're going to be convinced, if I'm convinced to, to, to not live for myself but live for God, Jesus is inviting me to consider the rewards that only he can offer. The next question really for you and for me is what are those rewards, right? Now, I think most of us, if you've been following Jesus for some time, you know those rewards. You are experiencing the, the sweetness of following Jesus Christ. I thought this morning, as I close the sermon this morning, just to give you a few uh, a, a, a few ideas of, of what these rewards could be for you as you follow Jesus Christ. It's one thing to, to be offered rewards from, from someone, but it'd be great to know what those rewards are, right? And the Bible actually is kind enough to do that for us. In, in Scripture, these re rewards very often are referred to as crowns. Uh, the crowns, this idea of a crown being laid upon you um, that after this life when we stand before the Father... Uh, uh, we're told that if we follow Jesus, if we are a child of God, that we will stand before him and he will say, you know, well done, thy good and faithful servant. And he will put on us, a, uh, as Paul talked about, this, this, this crown, which would have been a wreath, a wreath, but one that would not fade. 
a wreath made of, of, of plants, basically, is what it was. It was this beautiful woven uh, wreath that, was, that they called a crown, that you were laid on you, this victor's crown. Well done. If you won a race, you would be crowned with this. Uh, Paul was making reference to this idea of, of uh, these blessings that come after having finished the race and, and won the race. There's this crown of blessing. Uh, we would, I guess the only thing we would really understand it to be was like a, a medal that's put around your neck. In those days, they had this wreath, uh, a crown that was placed on them if, if they won. Pa Paul says that this crown is a crown uh, in following Jesus Christ that will not fade that will not perish. It's this idea of this uh, crown of, uh, of, of eternity, this eternal crown. There's other crowns mentioned in Scripture. The crown of rejoicing um, is talked about, that in following Christ there's this blessing of God, of joy that comes. Uh, Paul talked about this in 1 Thessalonians 2.19, and I don't have a PowerPoint for this particular verse. just want to reference it real quick. He says, For what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? It is not even you uh, in the presence of the Lord Jesus at His coming. Paul saying that, that his joy is the fruit of people coming to faith uh, because of the ministry that God had called him to. 1 Thessalonians 2.19, Paul is saying, uh, You, the people who've come to faith because of our ministry, uh, you are a hope, you are a joy, you are a crown of rejoicing. Every time we think of you, we rejoice because of what we see. Revelation 21.4, also not on PowerPoint, is this promise that we will have this crown of rejoicing, the idea that every tear uh, that we have ever cried will be wiped away and that in the presence of Jesus Christ there will only be rejoicing, no more tears. Every tear will be wiped away. This crown of rejoicing will be ours. That's one of the rewards is that no more sorrow, no more grief as we follow God. That ultimately we're going to stand before him and there's going to be rejoicing. There's going to be joy in his presence. God will wipe away every tear. John 15, 10 through 11 is on PowerPoint. It says this, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my father's commandments and remain in his love. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that you'll be filled with what? With my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is one of the rewards of following Christ is that no matter what your circumstance, there is the joy that only can be given to us by God. There's a, God, the source of joy, can give you a joy that you've never experienced before. There's this overflowing joy that takes place. One of the reasons why I asked Financio uh, to share his testimony this morning is that I wanted you to see that even through hard times, as he followed the Lord, there was this fruit of Christ, this peace, this joy that comes as he faithfully served God no matter what the circumstances. Uh, you heard his whole story this morning of, of his journey of life. Not easy. And they made choices that just seemed illogical or seemed tough. But in those choices, out of obedience of Christ, there was this blessing that came from doing so. I hope you heard that from Financio this morning. And this guy lives in this joy and peace because of, he's been obedient to Christ. Even through hard times, there's been this joy. This is the reward that we have here in this life, but also this incredible eternal rejoicing that takes place in his presence one day after this life. There's the crown of righteousness. What an amazing thing. The Bible is very clear that uh, it is Christ and Christ alone through uh, his his crucifixion and his resurrection gives us this righteousness that we are, we are brought into right standing before God. 
Now, you might be wondering, well, what's the big deal of that reward? Well, the, the, the great thing about that is that you're avoiding hell, all right? <laughs> because of the, the crown of righteousness, because of what only Christ can do in our life, we're missing out on hell. And right standing with God means that I get to come into His presence and I get to enjoy His closeness and His presence because He has made me righteous. If outside of Jesus Christ, I have been pushed away from God the Father, but because of what Christ has done and made me righteous, has, has forgiven me of my sins, then I stand in relationship with God the Father. And so the crown of righteousness is this amazing gift that we have to be in the presence of God. God is the one who makes me holy. He's the one who transforms me. And then I stand before his presence. The crown of righteousness, this gift of righteousness. I declare you sin-free, forgiven. That is the gift of God. That's the reward that can only come from Jesus Christ. It is only through Christ that we have salvation. And so living for him is the only way. Allowing Christ to, to change us is the only pathway for us to be right before the Father and justified. This reward is the crown of righteousness. 2 Timothy 4, 7 through 8 is also on PowerPoint. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but all who eagerly look forward to his Hearing. This is Paul in prison writing that I'm looking for the day when, when he's going to put this crown of righteousness on me where well, I will be uh, for eternity right before God in right relationship, put in right standing before God. Then there's the crown of glory that, that scriptures talk about. It's, it's what um, Stephen saw when he was being persecuted, when he was being martyred. He looked up and what did he see? He saw the glory of God. And this is uh, one of the rewards is that we're going to share in the splendor and the beauty of Christ himself, the magnificence of God. We are given the crown of glory. Uh, that's why Peter calls us a royal priesthood, a holy nation, is because we are, uh, we're, a, we're a royal kingdom. We're going to be standing. We're going to experience the splendor and majesty of God himself, the crown of glory. Romans 8 says this, Romans 8, verse 17, And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share in His suffering. Yet while we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory He will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who His children really are. So the invitation is to share in the, in the glory of God. Other, other writers spoke about this, is that uh, when we die, we'll see him face to face and we'll become like him. Uh, that's sharing in his glory. We're going to have the splendor and beauty of the majesty of our king, this crown of glory. And then the crown of life. Revelations 2.10, it's not on here, but it just talks about how that at some point we're going to be given this life. And this is... Uh, all these crowns are very similar in nature, but this one, this idea that, that true living, true life comes only from God. This life you've always wanted is only possible in Christ. And I would say to you, this life that you've always wanted is not necessarily going to be here, but it's going to be in the presence of God. John 10.10 10 says this, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give what? them a rich and satisfying life. 
These are some of the rewards of following God. Jesus is called the bread of what? The bread of life. This is promised to those who follow him. James 1 verse 12 says this, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And then there's the imperishable crown, the crown that will last forever. All of these promises, his glory, life, rejoicing, all of these are, are blessings that will last forever. This is an, e an eternal blessing. And again, I don't think we can really understand what eternal looks like because we live in a world that is not eternal. We are constantly seeing things that are born and then die, uh, jobs that we get and we lose, relationships that start and they finish. We, we live in this world of, of non-eternal. So trying to understand this is, is beyond us. And I think for many of us, that's why we choose this quick, quick burst of joy now instead of waiting for the abundance that would be coming later. It's like uh, the couple who, who spent all of their savings, all their money and their parents' savings for the wedding and then had nothing left for the marriage. Maybe you've been to a few of those weddings. Credible weddings. Horrible marriages. Seen this happen before? Where the wedding is gorgeous, but their marriage is ugly? Because there was no investment into the life they would have after the wedding. All their savings, they spend the rest of their marriage trying to pay off the wedding. If you want to know how I feel about that, I think that's kind of goofy. <laughs> we do this in so many spheres of our world as we choose moment of joy instead of the abundance that comes later. Matthew 6, verse 19, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 24 and 25. Paul invites us to do this. Don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but one person gets the prize. So run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will, that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. We're invited to this eternal blessing, a reward that comes only from God. I have an illustration uh, that I want to show you that, I, that some of you have seen me do before. I want to do it with you this morning just to, just to make this point. It's the best illustration I've seen. And so here we go again. I'm going to walk down here and pick up my illustration. I meant to bring it with me, uh, but it's down there. Uh, this illustration is not original with me, but I love it. Uh, this is a Francis Chan illustration. You know Francis Chan, a speaker, great, great preacher, YouTube. He's an influencer for God. Uh, this is one of his illustrations. I've learned from Francis Chan. I was influenced by Francis Chan. Um, what he likes to do is to, to show you this rope, okay? And I'll, I'll ask someone, uh, anyone who's got fast life, come on, Ziggy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, great. I think we're at the end here. Great, super. I'm just going to laid over precariously over these people right here. Or maybe we should, yeah. You see, um, 
Let's, let's not do that anymore. <laughs> you see this red part right here? Do you see this red part on this? And you see how long this rope is? So I've just put some duct tape here to make the point. I think often we live our entire lives planning for this section of our life. Uh, this is eternity, or this rope is an illustration of eternity. We're going to be, and it's, not even, it's too short for eternity. But imagine this is how much time we're going to be in the presence of God. This is how much time you're going to be here on earth. You with me, everyone? We invest our whole life usually for this moment right here instead of investing in all of this right here. This is earth. This is eternity. Wouldn't it be smarter for you to have like a, to invest in secure bonds, to invest in, in something that would actually reward you for this long period of time instead of this amount of time? Let's put this over here. We invest in the short for that moment of fame instead of investing in the abundance that comes only in Christ for eternity. I'd like to invite you this morning to consider how you could invest your life differently this morning. Ultimately, uh, your investment into others for the sake of Christ is going to have a much greater reward than investing in yourself for the sake of yourself. We're invited to be motivated by the rewards that only Christ can give us. And this is not an evil or a selfish thing. Motivated for the rewards that only Christ can give is a giving, it's a loving thing, it's the right thing for us to do. I invite you to do that this morning. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace, thank you for your love for us. Lord Jesus, I pray this morning that uh, every person online, uh, everyone in this room this morning, Lord, that you would help us to understand what these rewards that come only from you truly are, that we would understand how to be motivated by that. Lord, help us to see your glory, help us to see the, the blessing of being with you. Lord Jesus, we realize this morning that you're not offering us to be rich. You're not offering us to be necessarily healthy. That is not what you're offering us, but Lord, you're offering us the rewards that are much more significant than that, which only come in you. So Father, help us to run after true life, the life that only comes in you. Help us to run after those things that last forever, the imperishable beauty of your presence. Lord, help us to run after your, Lord, your joy, the joy that can only come from you. And God, we ask that you would help us to understand that in you, only in you, can we, be, we, we may be made right with God the Father. It's only through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, the crown of righteousness, God, awaits us if we follow you. So I ask God that you would teach us that and help us understand the beauty of that. Lord, we give you praise this morning. We ask God that you speak to our hearts. God, that... Uh, Lord, we would repent of, of our love of self. Lord, that we would not rename 
our love of self into other things that sound like we're actually loving others when actually we're just loving ourselves. Lord, make us influencers for your sake. Lord, help us to know how to use multimedia in a way that glorifies you. We give you praise. We love you, Father. Thank you for the blessing it is that we get to be called your children. In your name I pray, amen. This is Rico Veca, and I am also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.